What is up guys, we are back again. We have taken a break for a while. We were quite busy with a few things, upgrading the militia, you know, providing a better service there, doing a few back-end things. Um, but regardless, we were quite busy. We're not anymore. We are going to try to be way more regular in our content upload because we've fixed a few little things uh, that will allow us to do that. Um, but that is not the subject of today's podcast. Today's podcast is going to be on a few little things. But first of all, I'd just like to say, Gary, you were looking fresh this morning. Is that a fresh fade or is that just you letting it grow out or what's the crack like? Yeah, I got the, got that haircut there a couple of weeks ago to match my new ears. For those of you unaware, I took out my stretchers because I'm no longer a 16-year-old hippie, you know. So we're moving up in the world. And yeah, we need to get we need to get regular haircuts because it's just a sign of discipline, really, isn't it? I couldn't agree with you more. When are you going to get rid of that uh, weak ass tattoo on your back? Oh man, I just love to get rid of it. I'd love. To, I think I might just peel my skin off right down to the deepest layer and then just let it heal up because scar tissue is probably better looking than that tattoo, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it just it just ruins your rear lat rear lat spread, like. <laughs> Oh, and the fact that you've no muscle as well. That, that oh, yeah, it. that's true. <laughs> anyway, Gary, what are we going to talk about today? Um, today we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, the, the kind of lead up to the Christmas period and potentially even the way in which people react after the Christmas period. Um, because I think there's, there's, a, there's a kind of a nice happy balance that you can find during this period between being the extreme person that's trying to manage everything and you know everything's about damage control and you're so obsessed with your nutrition and stuff that you don't even enjoy the holiday period and being the person that just kind of sits down yolos everything and decides to nearly force feed themselves because it's a certain time of year and it can be justified so we're going to try and tease out where the the fine line is between those two things it sounds, sounds like it'll be quite helpful for a lot of people i hope so so First of all, I suppose we should address who we are actually talking to because I know some people listening to this are the the macro freaks. They have everything already dialed in. They're like Christmas eating over what? Who? That's not me, right? So you have the the fitness people, and this is this is an issue that unfortunately plays out in a lot of realms and kind of muddies the waters when people are trying to understand what they are actually or understand the content that they are actually consuming right you have the 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 fit pros the fit fam whatever the fuck you want to call it right the people that are already invested in their health already doing all of the things or a lot of the things that would make them successful in terms of body composition performance health whatever right so they're already doing it those people have a hard time understanding the next set of people right mm -hmm. and unfortunately it is those people that end up coaching the next set of people and the next set of people is your normal everyday person right your career isn't you know it, uh, in in the fit fam you know you have an office job you have a family you are just you know a quote unquote normal person right and this is where the issues kind of creep in because these people that are, you know, fit fam, whatever the fuck you want to call them, they don't undergo the same kind of, we'll call it stressors, 
that or challenges that the the second group the the quote-unquote normal people undergo right like they're not in an office where you're kind of bored all day right and you know they're not in that office environment where someone brings in a box of quality street or a box of roses or whatever insert whatever flavor of chocolate brand of chocolate whatever sweets whatever it is they're, they're not in that environment right they're also not in that kind of stressful environment that isn't stressful related to fitness you know because like yeah being a personal trainer being a fitness instructor being in the fit fam has its stressors but it's a different kind of stressor than having a regular nine to five where you know you kind of want to just clock out at the end of the day you just want to go ah look i'm done with thinking i just want to sit down and you know vegetate or something you know so they're 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 not in that kind of realm so they find it very hard excuse me to think or whatever you want to call it they find it very hard to align their thought process with those same people that the the quote-unquote normal people like they they don't understand that there are going to be challenges around, you know, chocolate being present in the office. You know, there's going to be events that, you know, you don't want to bring, you know, Tupperware or whatever, you know, a lunchbox in to, you know, a family gathering, you know, like they have those family gatherings, but because they are the fit fit people in their family or whatever, they're kind of like, oh, their family already expects that they'll be eating a certain way or doing a certain thing. But if you've just gotten into fitness over, you know, the summer or over the last few months or whatever, and you're kind of going, how, how do I deal with family who maybe haven't seen me in a while? They want to go out for drinks. They want to, you know, go out for meals. They're, the people in my office know that I've been trying to eat healthier or, you know, they know I've been exercising. People have been commenting, you know, maybe you lost some weight, maybe you gained some muscle, whatever it is. And people have noticed that, but then they're still putting that challenge in front of you in terms of asking you do you want to go for drinks? Do you want to go out for a meal? Do you want some of these, you know, chocolates or whatever? So that that is the biggest issue, first of all, you know, aligning your thought process with what is, I suppose, your priorities, you know, like, w- what are you prioritizing right now? You know, is it your fat loss, your muscle gain, your performance your health or whatever you want to call this whole sphere this this fitness stuff um or are you going to prioritize the you know enjoyment the social aspect of things right because you have to get that first of all aligned in your head what 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 your actual you know priorities are which is first which is second which is third you know where, where those things are and only then can you start going okay so that's if that situation comes up i can make a, a clearly distinct choice as a result, because I know where my priorities are, right? And that could be your priorities right now are you need to get fitter, you need to lose some weight, you need to do whatever, or you want to do it, you know? And that means you're going to have to say no to some nights out. You're going to have to, you know, eat a little bit less at that Christmas dinner or whatever else, you know? You're going to have to, you know, pass on all of the chocolates. That might be the case for you, right? But for the vast majority of people, they would probably be better served by being of the mindset that this whole christmas period is a what i like to call a a maintenance period you know you're kind of eating roughly around maintenance level calories you're not actively dieting you're not really pushing any performance things you're not like you're literally just saying 
uh, a maintaining phase. You know, you're just trying to stay where you are. You're not trying to gain fat, not trying to lose fat. You're not trying to really push training. You're not trying to do anything really outside the box. However, I call it a maintenance phase because you should still be doing all the, the things to tick all the boxes that you can to get results you know you should still be going to the gym you know pushing yourself looking for uh progressions where they come but not really trying to force them like maybe you would do at other times of of the year you know um and then also being honest with yourself and not i suppose like you know giving out to yourself in terms of if you slip up a little bit it's fine you know as long as you know like okay on the grand scheme of things yes okay someone brought in donuts and you know donuts are my weakness you know try to have a little bit of restraint in the event of the donuts coming in you know don't eat the 12 of them and just have one that's always the easier said than done when you're in the heat of the moment and you know donuts are your favorite um but you know have a little bit of restraint keep your goals your goals keep them in mind when you are making your food choices when you are making your decisions but then also realize that yeah okay cool it's christmas like no one really cares if you have 6% body fat at the Christmas dinner. You know, you're not going to meet your fucking Aunt Mary that you haven't seen in fucking six months and go, yeah, Mary, look at these six pack. Like fucking look at the veins I've got going on my bicep. Like no, nobody really cares. Like, yes, you want to keep your health. You want to keep your performance. You want to keep your body composition or you want to improve it. But overall, the month of December, you have to kind of keep your priorities your priorities, you know, and for a lot of people, your priorities are going to switch a little bit. And, you know, being a little bit more social with things is probably going to be more important than being overly strict with your diet. What are your thoughts on that, Gary? Yeah, I agree. And and like, I, th- I think this is where we almost like sometimes us fitness professionals almost become like part of the problem in this case, because what you'll see around this time of year um, is you know a lot of strategies that have been that are being proposed to people um, to try and keep them on track as in like you know you're a bad person if you don't stay on track or you don't kind of adhere to the fitness industry norms of always eating your calories and always eating your macros and tracking everything and all that sort of stuff so everything ends up being about you know strategies to try and keep everything in place you know as if as if if you kind of let go for a second you're just going to kind of just descend into this chaotic mess who can't control themselves you know so i think we as fitness professionals can kind of almost promote that idea sometimes where people feel they need to meet a certain arbitrary standard based on the fitness industry norms and this to me is where the kind of the paradox so to speak of restrictive eating behavior comes into play and and you've written about this before in the militia about the calorie buffer trap and this, this, this is a prime example of kind of where restricting eating behavior can almost lead you to have worse nutrition than the average person. So, you know, for example, if you are thinking now, all right, it's the 1st of December and I really need to make sure I don't gain weight over Christmas. And what you end up doing is in the weeks leading up to Christmas, and I've had people write to me saying they're doing this, you begin to, you begin to start dieting, you know, so you cut a thousand calories from your diet and you're like, I want to lose a lot of weight. So that gives me, you know, a buffer that I can work with over over the Christmas period. So you're almost like pre-contemplating the fact that you are going to just YOLO things and overeat and and you're just going to do it. And then it comes to Christmas and it's like, you know, you're it's Christmas day and you get up that morning and you're like, well, I know I'm going to be having a big dinner and I'm going to be having, you know, ice cream and stuff after. So what I'm going to do is I'm not going to eat breakfast and I'm going to save up 
And it's all sort of, it's, it's all this restrictive behavior that is catering towards you binging when the time comes to it. So it's almost justifying it, even though you know that when it comes to that period of time, like you're still not going to actually enjoy it. And what ends up happening then is, as you've written about the calorie buffer trap, where, you know, let's say it's Christmas Day and you overeat and you're like, oh, you know, it's okay because I've been dieting and stuff. And then what happens on Stevens' day is you wake up and you're like, I'm going to skip breakfast. I'm going to have chicken and salad for lunch because it's no big deal. I overate yesterday, but now I can make up for that by reducing my calories. And then it's Stevens' day night and you go to your cousin's house because you always go there and you have a few drinks, you have crisps. And then you're that person that's like, ah, well, sure, I'm binging now and I can, I can keep up for it. I can make up for it tomorrow. And you begin again to lose control of yourself and just kind of not lose control, but almost like force yourself into this pattern of I must eat as much as I can right now because tomorrow I'm going to be dieting again. And then that pattern goes on and on until it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's January and you're like, what, what, why did I actually do all of this? So sometimes our desire to try and restrict and to try and be perfect can actually be pathological and can actually compromise your ability to eat like a normal human. Because for example, if you look at the other people around you on Christmas day that aren't involved in fitness, like, yeah, like they'll, they'll have their Christmas dinner. But I mean, if they're full, they'll probably stop eating you know, and, and like, yeah, they might have some dessert after, but they're not the person that's focused on when the next, you know, food event is happening. And fitness people are, are like very bad for doing that. And again, it's sort of like, you know, that, that old cliche of, you know, uh, don't, don't, don't picture the, the pink polar bear or whatever people say, don't picture a pink polar bear. And then what you do is you, you pick, you picture a pink polar bear. And like, if, it, if, if you're trying to tell yourself, that, that everything is about restricting food, restricting food, restricting food. All you're really doing is thinking about food and making everything about food. And obviously that's going to affect your eating behavior. What are your thoughts? I completely agree with you, Gary. And again, like this, it, it, it's actually a really hard topic to fully get across the, the nuances. Like that's why there is an article on it in the militia. But the, the whole concept of... <clears throat> The, the, the creating this kind of calorie buffer because that's essentially what the strategy most people will come up with they'll be like all right cool we know you're going to be off track with you know these events we know you're going to be off track with christmas we know you're going to be off track here blah 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 so let's create an environment whereby you know we're on lower calories the rest of the time so that we can have a buffer to deal with these other times and you know that actually is a good strategy in certain cases right because like you know say like on average you are you know eating at a i don't know cal calorie surplus we'll even say because you know people kind of think of it intuitively enough with the deficit but not so much with the, the surplus but you're in a calorie surplus but you know you're going out on a saturday night and it's going to be a big one you know you're probably going to over consume by three thousand calories you know it's going to be a big one right and you're in a surplus so you could go in a mindset going like Meh, extra calories cool but if you're kind of like oh i'd actually rather just stay at this nice level of calories that i'm at you know you create a little bit of a buffer you go okay the other days of the week i'm going to eat a little bit less i'm going to be in a slight deficit and then i'm going to have a buffer in terms of the calories available so that when you average the days of the week even though one of the days i overate by three thousand on average I'm roughly where I wanted to be in my calorie surplus. So you go, yeah, cool. That could be a very valuable strategy, right? Maybe not so much if it's a 3,000 calorie overeating event, but you know, if it's going to be an event where you're kind of like, okay, I'm going to be eating a little bit more, I'm going to create a little bit of a buffer during the week so that I can actually stay on track while allowing for that, you know? But as you can see, that kind of gets you into a mentality where it's like, 
okay, cool. I can create a buffer and then I can binge, you know? And and this is mm-hmm. essentially what happens with the Christmas thing because there's there's only so much that you can do on your own or there's only so much you will do on your own. However, once you get into the kind of merriment of Christmas, you know, the merriment of these social events, you know, people kind of lose the run of themselves because they look at other people and they get this kind of social validation where the other people are eating. The people are enjoying themselves. They're, they're smiling. They are going for the extra chocolate. They're going for the extra whatever. And you're like, yeah, cool. Like if they can do it, I can do it, you know? And it's like, they, everyone wants to be an individual, but then all of a sudden when any of these kind of things come out, they're like, yeah, of course. So I'm just going to do the exact same as everyone else. You know, it's like, so you're not an individual. You are like this hive mind. You're just like bees or something, you know? Uh, so it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's very hard to, you know, detail out the subtle nuances in terms of if you do what everyone else is doing, you're going to get the same results as them. If you are also doing what everyone else is doing, outside of that one event which is not what you're doing generally if you are interested in this health and fitness stuff you know if you are kind of going like oh yeah i want to you know be a certain body fat or want to achieve a certain goal you know you're probably doing other things differently than those other people you know because this is one of those things that people all always do as well once they're in the the fit fam and they're kind of like oh tracking my calories tracking my macros they'll have one of these kind of binge eating events but the next day then they'll be straight back to tracking their calories and it's like if you were a quote-unquote free living human if you were to eat like that you had a binge event most people would kind of subconsciously maybe even consciously as well eat a little bit less the next few days like they'd just be full they're just like oh like oh i'm good my body's telling me i'm not hungry whereas like fit fan people they'd be like oh no i'm back on my calories i'm straight back on track i'm back on plan and it's like a normal person would have kind of accounted for the calories that they've overeaten by reducing the amount of food they ate over the next few days. If you go straight back on plan on track, it's like you're actually off track because you've binge ate, you know? So it's one of those things where it's very difficult to fully tease out the nuances of this. And this is why Christmas is such a a hard time for a lot of people because it's not just single events, you know, single social events whereby they are, you know, just going out for a dinner, going out for a meal, going out for drinks, whatever. It's not just that event. It's a constant, a chronic kind of small accumulation of events. You know, it is the, the chocolate in the office. It is the, you know, night out here. It is the, the oh, I haven't seen my mate in fucking whatever, two years. So we're going to meet up over Christmas and, you know, get lunch or whatever it is. There's all these little events because people do get more social around this time of year. They're kind of like, oh, like we've lots to remember, celebrate, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so there, there are all these kind Kind of events right so gary people have an idea now where it's like okay they're saying i can create a calorie buffer to deal with these and that's what most people in the fitness industry would say to do but it kind of seems like they're saying not to do that what what are we actually suggesting so you've got someone they come to you they're like gary i ha- like it's christmas time i work in an office you know um people are coming in all the time with roses celebrations whatever else you know um I also have these three events leading up to Christmas. And then I obviously have Christmas itself. What are you telling that person? How are you telling them to deal with that? They've been tracking their calories. They've gotten into fitness over the last year. They're, they're enjoying it. They've lost some weight and they still have more to lose. Um, but they kind of, they're, they're in this, they're like, oh, I don't really know what to do in terms of, should I be social? Should I just say no to these meals? Should, like, how, how do they deal with this whole time of year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's sort of a, 
it's a it's a difficult one to answer because there is no there is no perfect answer in terms of like part of part of my values like like most of my values are very much like just fucking do whatever you need to do to achieve what you're going to achieve and like shut the fuck up like that that's like the guy on the right side of my shoulder whereas the other you know the other the other guy on the other side of my shoulder is like recognizing that most of the things that we do in life are like fairly autonomous and your environment very much dictates the way in which you behave like there's no denying that like even if you are the most like personal responsibility oriented person ever like you still have to accept that so it's very as you as you pointed out it's very easy for the personal trainer who has their environment in check and um, who's around people that are very much supportive of you know a fitness lifestyle you know they don't have food in their house and all that sort of stuff it's very easy for that person to tell like someone who's living at home and working in an office in a very in, in an environment that's filled with hyper palatable food in which the general social tone if you will is to eat those foods like it, it's it's easy to say that but it's it's a very they're two very different circumstances so i mean you, the the first thing that you can try and do is to try and modify modify your environment as best as you can and that's not always easy like for example if you're in an office environment you 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 might not be the one that ha- that makes the decision you know to to change the food that's available like you can't tell like Sheila to stop bringing in the croissants that she brings in or like the hot grass buns or the roses or whatever it is you know you can't tell people not to do that just because you can't control yourself um so i mean there there is part to there is part of it where you should still try and be social as much as is beneficial for your life or as much as you think is going to be beneficial so like you don't need to be the person that you know if there's buns on the table in the staff room that you just totally avoid going to the staff room and you decide that you're going to i don't know go somewhere else for lunch and not speak to anyone like it could just be the case that you go in and you have a reasonable portion and you're like you know that's cool i'm going to sit down and have a chat but what you don't want to be like it's it's sort of if you plan for that so much that you're saying i'm going to give myself a thousand calorie buffer just in case i have five muffins and then you go and you have five muffins it's like you were the one that sort of facilitated that by pre-contemplating it so there's there's a fine line there between you know being the person that totally isolates themselves and being the person that's just that just decides i'm going to indulge and you know what i'm going to be at the leader of the pack that's going to eat the most chocolates the more than anyone else okay so and that and that's not really advice so to speak but i think part and parcel of you understand or you trying to guide your behaviors is understanding the way in which you act in the environment because like you know we've talked about this before where like most people just kind of live their lives and don't question anything and just just go just go with the flow and that's fine to a degree because as i said most of the things we do are autonomous but even thinking about the way in which you behave especially as it, rela- as it relates to food can really help you out because what you'll notice is that there's very consistent patterns in which you you know quote unquote fail to adhere to your diet like you know for example that the same thing applies to 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 work like you know that if you're in the college library that you will get far more work done and you'll study far more productively than if you're home you know sitting at your kitchen table for example like and that's not necessarily a, refre- a reflection of you being a good or bad person it's just that if you are at home and there's more distractions and there's food available and there's different things you can be doing, it's pretty normal for you to be more distracted and to be less productive. So it's not just a conversation of discipline, 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 which is important. 
it's also about the environmental things. And the most control you have over that is in your own home. So for example, what a lot of people will do is, and I, and I remember this like when I was younger, especially, is you do your kind of Christmas shop at like the start of December, you know, so you go and do your Christmas shopping really early. Um, and I'm talking about food shopping. And then people go and they spend hundreds of euros on all these different treats and sweets and ice creams and desserts that you just wouldn't buy for the rest of the year. And what you end up doing is you have this food environment for the bones of a, a full month at home where, you know, you've just got ridiculous amount of hyper palatable foods available. And you can be the most disciplined person in the world and the person with, you know, the best goals. But if you're in that environment, it is going to be more difficult for you to adhere to any sort of healthful practice. So instead of going out and being ridiculous with your shopping, like maybe you're listening to this and you do live on your own, in which case it's much easier, like buy food that you know that you should be eating. Like, and I mean, if you want to, if you want to buy extra treats around the Christmas period because you're having friends over, then that's totally fine. But what you don't want is the week after Christmas, you know, to, to just have this massive amount of leftover treats that you're just kind of like, ah, sure, look, I may as well finish them. And so, so that, that's one of the, the big things that I feel a lot of people have control over. And then the next step is like, I think you should try your best to behave like a normal human. <laughs> like, you know I mean, that sounds like relatively stupid advice, but it, but it actually is good advice because what you'll notice, and you pointed this out as well, Paddy, is that most people, when they overeat, what they do is they compensate pretty well. Okay. So some people mightn't do it as well, but most people will wake up the next day after they've overeaten and they'll just be like, oh yeah, I'm not that hungry. I'm just going to have a piece of toast. Whereas, you know, as you've said, the fitness person is like, I need to get back on plan right away, man. And it's like, you're still having your big high calorie breakfast that you normally have when you're quote unquote on plan. And there's also the psychological aspect of that where people wake up and they feel really, really guilty because of what they did the night before, because again, they didn't meet their standard that they set in advance. Whereas normal people, and I say normal people, like you're not not normal if you're involved in fitness, but the everyday person who just maintains their body weight. What they do is like, you know, they wake up and they're like, oh yeah, some crack last night with the lads. Oh man, that pizza was unreal. Whereas the fitness person is like, I actually hate that I had that pizza. Oh my God, like I feel so bloated and all this sort of stuff. And again, this is where the fitness industry has a lot to answer for in that we, we try and pathologize a lot of things that are just part of everyday life. Like for example, a lot of people think that if they get bloated, that they need to like, that they've got, you know, I've got gut dysbiosis and I need to do this special gut health rejuvenating protocol and I've damaged my <coughs> microbiome forever. Whereas it's like, when you eat a lot of food, your stomach fills up, it's a balloon. You know, your intestines, again, they have a finite capacity and you're going to feel feel full if you overeat. It doesn't mean you're doomed for life, all right? <laughs> so, so again, this is where the, the fitness industry kind of comes into it. And again, an understanding of calories also fits into that. You know, sometimes what people can will do is, if they eat a calorie surplus, because they because they know very much where that fine line is, where they maintain their body weight, when they eat a surplus, they automatically associate that with bad behavior because it's like, I am going to gain weight. Whereas again, the, the healthy everyday person who maintains their weight, they overeat and they just think of it as, oh yeah, I ate a lot of food. And then the next morning, their body kind of naturally regulates it so that they eat a little bit less, you know, whereas the the... The fitness person, again, is bringing everything to the front of their conscious mind and everything has to be thought out and hyper-planned. Um, so I don't know where I was going with that thought process, but they're, they're some of my thoughts. And in terms of actually setting goals, 
the best thing you can do is exactly as you said, to try and quote unquote, gain tame. So it's not the time for trying to lose weight, because you know that your environment isn't conducive of that. And your environment is a big predictor of how you're going to get on. Um, and another thing as well as, you know, it's okay to, to have a, a quote unquote deload from training where you just, you just kind of let your training go to the back burner a little bit. Like you're still exercising to meet your basic exercise needs, but sometimes people can feel very guilty because their gym is closed and they're also overeating. And that sort of amplifies that, that, that guilty feeling where they're like, Oh my God, I didn't just overeat, but I also didn't exercise. So now I'm not even going to be insulin sensitive or, you know, those sorts of things. Um, so aim to maintain, live like a human and make the choices that you know are good choices. Like you don't have to know a lot about nutrition to know that getting up in the morning and having half a tin of roses probably isn't the best idea, you know? And you know that, you know, if it comes to the end of the Christmas dinner, you're 75% full and you're like, do you know what? I'm actually not that hungry. You don't have to have dessert just because it is a norm. Okay. So you can integrate into normal social, um, social things, events, whatever, without trying to be the person or trying to identify as the person that does it better than anyone else because fitness people are like that you know it's not just about lifting more than anyone else or running more than anyone else it's also about eating more than anyone else like i am the person that can eat so much so yeah um i was rambling but um you always do if you cool. um <laughs> yeah there's there's also two things that or two types of people that you need to kind of address as well in this whole thing you need to identify whether you are one or the other right because there's going to be the certain type of people that can moderate really well right and mm-hmm. there's going to be certain type of people that just can't moderate at all <laughs> right and obviously there's shades within that right but identifying whether you are the type of person that just can't moderate their intake at all, you know, they, they like you said, like they go into the, the canteen and whatever on break or whatever, and they're like, oh, I'm going to eat all of these, right? I, I like muffins. They're all mine, right? They just can't moderate their intake at all, right? And then you also have the type of people that could go into that and be like, look, yeah, I love muffins or I love donuts or I love whatever product. I'm only going to have one though because you know I want to stay roughly around my maintenance level of calories, right? So you have those two type of people, right? And identifying which one of those you fall into will help you better plan your overall strategy around around this whole Christmas period, right? Because if you are the type of person that knows that you just can't moderate at all, those little events, and this seems kind of counterintuitive, but those little events, you're better off just saying no, right? And then what I mean by that is just go, right, yeah, okay, cool, there's donuts in there, there's muffins in there, I'm just going to say no. Like, I'm just going to say no intake at all, like absolutely zero. You're gonna remove yourself from those situations, right? However, you're going to do that with the mindset that you are going to allow yourself, I hate like, you know, you don't want to obviously make it into like terms of uh, binge eating, but you're like, okay, I have this social event coming up on next Thursday. You know, I want to feel good in that dress. I want to feel good in my clothes. I want to be able to enjoy that a little bit more. So I'm going to say no now so that I can enjoy that, right? Because what people will try to do is say no indefinitely with no... Mm -hmm end point or no let up in that you know no mindset you know so if you're like okay look i know i have this event i want to feel okay for this event you are the type of person that 
you know, does binge eat, you're better off. And again, it, it's really one of these things where it's like really hard to deal with the subtle nuances, but you are better off saying no to these smaller binge events because you know you are going to binge at this bigger event as well, you know? So overall, you were able to keep your calories at an appropriate level rather than going, all right, Tuesday, I binged on the roses. Wednesday, I binged on the donuts. Thursday, I binged on X. You know, it goes through the whole week that you're like, okay, every single day of the week, I've been over my calories by 500 to 1,000. And then you have the event on on Thursday and you binge eat there as well. And it's like you're over by calories by 2,000 on that event as well. You know, so it's like overall, you look at the month and you've been constantly over your calories by on average, whatever, a thousand, you know? And it's like, that is much worse than kind of creating this negative association around food where you're like, okay, I'm going to take a step back from enjoying these smaller things because I know me personally, I can't moderate, you know, if you are the type of person, you're like, I just can't moderate my intake. If I have, if I say yes to one thing, I say yes to all of the thing, you know? So if you are that type of person, you may be better off taking a step back and going, look, I'm going to say no, it's going to be hard. Yes, I'm not going to be the most enjoyable. I'm not going to have the most enjoyment in the office or whatever, but it's going to allow me actually enjoy the events that I want to enjoy. And again, this comes back to like prioritizing what you're trying to or prioritizing your life, essentially. Like, are, are you willing to say yes to all of those events? and be able to enjoy those events uh, or are you willing to <clears throat> say yes to all those little mini events as well as saying yes to those bigger events you know like w- where 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 are your priorities in terms of what you're willing to say yes to and what you're willing to say no to to stay on track right now and obviously like you can just be like right fuck it look month of december it's a complete write-off. That's cool. Like, I, I honestly don't care if you do that. Gary, I presume you don't care if they do that either. Like, it really doesn't affect us. Literally does not affect us. So you can obviously do whatever you want. But if you are the type of person that just can't moderate their intake, you're probably better off saying no to the little events that realistically add up to quite a lot, but also don't take away a huge amount from your day-to-day life, from your overall sociability within the whole group as a whole if you say no to them, right? So you're better off saying no to them and actually enjoying the bigger events, even though, you know, it kind of does go down the the, the kind of binge eating style track of things. But if you're going to be binge eating anyway, you're better off just binge eating that one event rather than doing it daily, you know? Um, Then again, if you are the other type of person that can moderate their intake, you can kind of go, okay, cool. I'm going to have these smaller events I'm going to say yes to them, but I'm only going to eat one donut. I'm only going to eat, you know, two or three chocolates out of the box, you know? And yeah, okay, cool. If you do that daily, like the calories do add up and then you go again, you have the same event as the other person. You're like, okay, cool. I can moderate my intake a little bit better. I'm going to say yes to the event, but I'm not necessarily going to have a big blowout event. I'm going to, you know, moderate my intake. So you, you kind of have to play your cards. And like, obviously this isn't something that you're set in stone with. You're like, you can never change. And again, as I said, there's shades within shades of it. Like you could be someone that is really good at moderating their intake, except around pizza. Like you just can't moderate your pizza intake, you know? So someone, as soon as someone whips out the pizza, you're like, yes, give me that whole fucking pizza, you know? Whereas everything else, you're like, yeah, I can say no to it or I can say yes to it and I can have one or two and no big issue, you know? 
So you have to identify what the best strategy is for you as an individual based on how you actually interact with the environment around you, you know? Absolutely key. I like it. Um, so yeah, that addresses quite a few points, but one, like, I think, I think we've covered most of what we probably want to say, but one of the things that I think if I was listening to this podcast now, I'd find it difficult if I like, if, if you are that type of person that's totally obsessive and you are like, just have borderline disordered eating, like you, you might be listening to this and think I'm actually like, I probably can't fix my thought process in that short period of time. And like, that's a, that is a difficult place to be because like, realistically, if you've had like pathological eating behaviors for years, it's not like you listen to the triage method podcast and suddenly you're fixed, you know? So that, so that's where, you know, it, it might actually be a case of you, you know, like, for example, if you do have like, like a lot of guilt and you genuinely feel like, I don't know, de- depressed as a, because of your eating behavior and you get very, very anxious when even thinking about food. That might be the case where you actually, it actually could be worth like seeking professional advice, you know, beyond just people like us or especially people on Instagram telling you how to eat ar- around Christmas. Like, because, you know, things like even things like cognitive behavioral therapy, even just even like reading into that a little bit and adopting some of the thought practices can actually be really helpful. Because what you'll find is that you probably have a lot of pathological <clears throat> beliefs and ways of thinking about food and the way in which you eat that are not really helping you out at all. Like, for example, like I know a few years ago, like I remember one Christmas morning and I love Tiffin. And my mom, my mom, I mean, Santa, oh shit. I hope we've no four-year-olds listening to this, but my mom brought me Tiffin for Christmas. And I remember, oh no, it was Christmas Eve actually. And I remember I just, I, I had like the whole packet of Tiffin and like, it was unreal. But all, all I remember associating that with was like, this is bad behavior. Like I feel guilty for doing this and I feel like shit. And the fact that I'm full, I just feel like shit. And it's a totally negative thing. And to me, like that is a pathological thought process. Like you don't want to feel like that as it relates to food. Like it's fucking food. Like you didn't kill anyone. <laughs> like, but at the, at that, at that point in time where you are like binging, even if it's not like a form of binge, like you just, you just overate on something you feel you shouldn't overeat on. Like if you feel that like you genuinely have self-hate as it relates to that, then that is pathological. And I definitely think I had some of those beliefs in the past. And so like, and the way, the way in which I think about them now would be much more related to those kind of cognitive behavioral thought processes where, you know, where you're asking yourself, you know, all right, I I feel this way, but why do I, like, why do I feel that way? Like what, why is this action something that I believe to be harmful or something I feel bad about or whatever, you know, because I think, they're they're much more ways much more effective ways of thinking about things like that to actually question them like question why do you feel the way you feel um not to get too airy fairy about things because obviously it's it's not our area of expertise but just letting you know that if you are that type of person it could be worth venturing down some of those avenues as well and not just looking at it as a food problem because sometimes people try and mask you know some psychological issues with just saying oh i'm gonna follow these instagram posts and if i just implement this damage control it's going to fix all of my problems and that's not always the case 100% Gary also on this we should address the training side of things because people will also either do one of two things they will be the type of person that goes oh yeah I'm training every day I fucking trained even on Christmas day blah 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 and that's cool and everything if you want to train on Christmas day cool no one no one really fucking cares you know but then you also have the other side of the thing or the other side of the spectrum where people will be like 
oh, like my Christmas schedule is a little bit packed. So rather than moderate my training schedule and, you know, my routine, uh, I'm just going to stop, you know? And it's like, you shouldn't really, <clears throat> well, you can fucking do whatever fuck you want. I really just don't care. Uh, <laughs> but you shouldn't really find yourself either side of that extreme. Like, yes, cool. We all get it. You're the fitness person. You enjoy training. You're going to train on Christmas day. Awesome. That is great for you. Lovely. You know, do it. Make the fucking Christmas food work for you. Great. Right. But also if you are in a situation where, yeah, you have a normal gym schedule where you go five times a week and you know, you have a, a hectic schedule now and you can only go three times a week, you know, three times a week is still good. You know, so don't feel like you're in that kind of mindset or that, that that kind of paradigm where you can only hit your schedule and anything less than that, you're a failure, you know, so you might as well not even try at all, mm-hmm. you know. So do do keep that in mind. And, and related to that is the people will look at training as a way to start really burning calories to make up for their binge eating, mm-hmm. you know. So they're like, oh, yeah, cool. Like I had a few chocolates at, you know break today so i normally go to the gym after work so after my session i'm going to do you know half an hour of cardio and i'm going to do that every day after it you know it's like yeah that, that's cool like you can definitely do that if you want to improve your fitness you want to do whatever but using it as a method to kind of punish yourself for transgressions against your diet it's you go down a dark path you know and it starts getting into a thing where you're like you're doing all this extra cardio and now you're feeling hungry because you're you're in a kind of a, a deficit now and you kind of start eating more then as a result you're like oh well like i'm actually hungry so what you used to be able to just take three chocolates and now you're like mm, i'm a little bit hungrier now so give me those five chocolates and that's 10 chocolates and you're like okay well now we've actually got an issue where you're trying to constantly offset it and this is what we were talking about in that that kind of calorie buffer article where you're kind of like you're, you're always on the back burner then you're always on the back foot even then uh where you're kind of like always trying to catch up with yourself so don't use training as punishment is basically what i'm saying and also whether you want to train on christmas day or train loads or you want to do none realistically somewhere in between there is probably the most optimal thing you know like yeah if you want to train on christmas day that's all cool but you'll see a lot of posts on social media where it's like oh yeah only the dedicated will train on christmas day blah 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 and it's like really no one no one cares that you're a bodybuilder like it's like yeah okay cool it's a challenge for you as an individual it's just not that hard like you know yeah yeah absolutely and it literally happens every christmas like there's like you go on facebook and like there'll be half half the group that are like oh go and live a little why are you training christmas day and then the other group are like oh man only the dedicated train christmas day like I train every Christmas day just because it's something that we and one of my friends do because the gym opens till 12 and realistically Christmas day is kind of like a wait around day anyway. You're just waiting for food. Like unless you've like a big family, which I don't like. So, I mean, I like training Christmas day. I do. But, and I still don't fucking interact with them, <laughs> but it's not a case where I, I'm not, I don't think I'm better than anyone else for training on Christmas day. Like it literally doesn't fucking matter. Like <laughs> do what you want that's it um i think that covers a lot of things obviously like this is not going to be a podcast that covers every single subtle nuance of you know how you should deal with christmas because realistically nutrition and training is a complex subject not so much even in the the research but the fact that you have to dial it in for you as an individual you know and i think that kind of does get lost a lot in the discussion of this whole stuff as if there is one pathway or one you know scheme or schedule or whatever the fuck you want to call it that will allow you to get results you know and if you just follow this one path 
you're golden. It's like, eh, it's not really the case, especially, you know, dealing with your individual schedule. Like I could say like, yeah, you must train Christmas day or, you know, you're a beta male and you're not going to get any kind of gains whatsoever. But realistically that doesn't take into account that you're a single mother with eight kids and, you know, you sure. lost your fucking husband to cancer and you know this year is the first year without him it's like yeah okay cool that really doesn't fucking you know help you at all me telling you going yeah you must be in there doing 10 sets of 10 on squats you know like it's it's kind of irrelevant to you you know so you have to take things on an individual kind of kind of kind of uh scale you know you have to look at it where you are dealing with the issues that you are dealing with and you're trying to deal with those issues as best you can as an individual yeah and i think i think if there's if there's one thing to take away from this conversation beyond just the christmas discussion it's that this was a very much a discussion related to nutrition but like what we were talking about was essentially behavior and like that's one of the things that gets lost in all of the nutrition discussions like i would argue patty that you could probably have a more comprehensive discussion about nutritional biochemistry than 99 percent of fitness professionals like i think that's a fair comment and but, but what you'll find is that like, we're not talking about that shit because it's not like, it's not about making sure that on Christmas day, you're fucking, you have enough methyl groups. Micronutrients. Like yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, Oh, I wonder if my methylate, if I'm over or under methylated, like, it's like, they're not the discussions that we're trying to have. Like it's because, because before you even get to any very specific considerations, it's behavior that determines everything. Like food isn't just like a drug where, you either take it or you don't because humans eat regardless and it's far more than just for the purpose of nutrition it's for social purposes you know and it's it's for purely pleasure and like there's, there's just so much more to it and i think you should be thinking about that when it comes to designing your nutrition plans because time and time again like we've even had com comments as it relates to the podcast like from someone very well intentioned who mentioned that we always come back to the same points as it relates to nutrition and we should be talking about different things like as in like it always comes back to, to the basic stuff and it's like yeah it always does come back to the basic stuff because it's the behavioral component that's the real difficult part to navigate and setting a diet up or even just starting to adopt dietary behaviors that are that actually suit you and your lifestyle is really fucking difficult far more difficult than going and buying a your i don't know fucking some special so your boron supplement to try and increase your testosterone like that's that's the easy stuff anyone can do that once you have the financial means to do so but not anyone can actually set up a diet or dietary practices that they can adhere to for years and years on end because that's hard mm -hmm. yeah and i think that is like what gets lost it's in even in the training side of things as well but yeah, yeah. That, that whole behavior change stuff like you either get people discuss it loads and they kind of go down that airy fairy route and eventually nothing actually gets done because they've just discussed behavior change loads but they haven't actually discussed how you actually change your behavior yeah. you know yeah, um, you know so like you can go down that route and unfortunately that's it seems to kind of be an either or argument in in the whole fitness sphere where it's like you're either discussing like oh behavior change and it, it does become very airy fairy or people just completely forget about the air, the the behavior change stuff and all they discuss is oh here is how you set your macros and your your calories and you know oh these are the foods you should eat to get your micronutrient intake in and it's like that's cool like you obviously need to know both of those things so i don't understand why they're not married together 
as often as they should be you know and it is i understand why it is a hard thing like even in the militia like it's kind of one of the things that i always deal with because like when i'm writing these nutrition articles especially the applied you know uh, nutrition articles it's like oh, like i want to say this based on the science you know i want to say this based on the, the mechanistic stuff but it's like this is going to be almost an impossibility to say like even just setting your calories for example you know like you you have to know where you're at and sometimes the science isn't as good as the real world practice right and setting your calories is a good example uh, of what i mean in terms of like i could literally just use like i don't know harris benedict formula or whatever be like this is going to give you your exact calorie needs you know but then you do eat those calories and it's like, oh, no, actually, I'm losing weight when I wanted to be maintaining, you know, or you wanted to be gaining and you're just maintaining or losing weight or whatever, you know. And it's like that isn't actually as good as just tracking your intake for a while and seeing how your body weight changes in response to that intake, you know. So the real world is is kind of better than the science, even though I could argue with this mechanistic stuff and be like, this is why Harris-Benedict formula is the best formula to use to work out your calories, you know. At the end of the day, it's like you actually have to look at the real world. And this is where it kind of gets lost with the discussion of just calories and just macronutrients. It's like, yeah, here's the, the best calories, macronutrients for you to eat for whatever your goals are. And it's like, yeah, that's great. But like, I have a really hard life. I have a hard time eating a regular schedule. I have a hard whatever. And like, yeah, we can argue that that's just like an implementation type thing. But at the end of the day, that's a behavior change thing. It's like, how do I actually mm -hmm. change my behaviors to allow me to actually eat at that level of prescribed calories or macronutrient intake or whatever it is? You know, it's like you have to actually discuss how you are going to modify your behaviors either to get towards that goal or how do you modify this ideal plan to allow your behaviors actually achieve that goal you know yeah and i think you pointed out the 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 such a common thing that we see is that you know people don't want to track their calories for a certain period of time or even like have a food diary to see what they're kind of normally eating because i think people are very slow to actually analyze the way in which they already live their lives because what people want to do is they want there to be something new because then what you can say is it was something that was missing that was the fault of the point that I was in, you know, as opposed to saying it was actually me and my behaviors that led to me being in this point. So it ends up not being about modifying what they're already doing or even questioning it, but actually adding in something new. And that's why supplementation is so attractive, obviously, because, you know, there's something new that you are adding in so that you don't have to change your current behaviors. It's the exact same in the physiotherapy world. People always ask, what exercise can I do to fix this problem without actually analyzing the key co component that could be um, that their injury risk could be attributed to, which is they're actually training load. So the, the amount of training that they're actually doing or the amount of training that they're not doing and they're not prepared for their sport or whatever it is. So that's what people want to do. They always want to, to look for the new thing that's going to fix what they already do. And I was listening to a podcast recently with um, with Jordan Peterson. And one of the things he, he mentioned was um, – just watching yourself for two weeks and it's actually a really good point like i think a lot of the things jordan peterson says are actually just so simple that they're that that's what makes them attractive like him or love do you him. fancy him or but something it, no i disagree with a lot of what he says but i love but him you as fancy well him. and you're allowed to you do that him. you're allowed to do that you just said he's you said he's attractive yeah, that's you fancy him like nah he's the, I, I i couldn't be attractive to him because he's definitely not his little dicky definitely doesn't work he's not on that carnivore diet like yeah, nah, that's definitely fair, like, not but anyway <laughs> But anyway, um, yeah, one of the things he said was basically watch yourself for two weeks. And I think you'd actually be terrified 
if you actually analyzed everything that you did for two weeks, like even just watch yourself and the stupid shit that you do, like as in like if you watch yourself at the weekend where you get up in the morning and you have good intentions to do something and then you go back to bed and you're lying under the covers and then you're watching Netflix and then you're eating crisps and then you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to go watch some YouTube and next thing you're watching cat videos and you're just doing all this weird shit and you don't even go to bed at the proper time and like you don't even get dressed and it's like, Jesus, what way am I living my life? And like, I even if you're the person with the best intentions, I still think you'd be surprised considering like, I think the average time that people spend on their phones is it's it's definitely i think it's up to five hours per day that might be ridiculous it's definitely between three and five but imagine that you spend yeah i remember reading something quite high like five like yeah because i was surprised because i was like i remember there's times where i was like you know I, I spent like three hours on my phone a day and i saw it and i was like jesus i need to sort my shit out and i did but like to think that people spend up to five like that's ridiculous like imagine if you spent those five hours to every day right so that's 35 hours a week that's a full work week you could be working another job instead of being on your phone. So it's like you need to watch yourself, analyze your behaviors and actually realize that most of the, the bad outcomes in life are the result of kind of self, self-sabotage. And yeah, it might be the result of you being predisposed to it in the environment and your socioeconomic status and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, you, you, a unit of time is still a, a unit of time in which you are doing th- something. And you can always upgrade that even if it's by 1%. So you have to start by analyzing what you're doing before you think about adding in something new. Um, so yeah, and that's that's for training, that's for nutrition, that's for that's for sleep, it's for everything. You know, people want sleep hacks. That's a classic example. The easiest way to hack your sleep is to spend more time in bed. You know, <laughs> so go, go to bed earlier or get up later. It's like, forget the Valerian route until, until you've been able to do that. And Jesus, I'm not the best at doing that, but it's the easiest thing to do. And every other area of your life. <sighs> like, do you mind not ranting on the podcast you could, like. <laughs> i'm ranting at myself because <laughs> because you're weak yeah that's fair at least you know but yeah no i actually do think like actually monitoring yourself like actually just taking a step back and detaching and going let me analyze this like i always think as well like you know people are like oh my life flashed before my eyes when i died i'm like a lot of people, their life is going to flash before their eyes and it's going to be hours upon hours of them just staring at their phone. <laughs> you know? And I, I think about that and I'm like, that's pretty fucked up. Like, like just think about this. Like, imagine again, you just detach, like you said, like, just watch yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, just imagine, like, you were literally just sitting there with a phone in your hand, scrolling through Instagram, just going, <laughs> that's cool. Like that's the weirdest fucking thing ever. Like, like that, like proper, proper. Like, yeah, okay, cool. Those those memes gave you some fucking, you know, relief from your otherwise fucking shit life. Maybe you don't have a fucking shit life. People still do it, you know. Like, I could understand if it was literally like you were self medicating because your life is fucking awful. You know, you've literally been in an orphanage, been abused, been fucking whatever else. And you're just like, yeah, man, these memes give me fucking some moments of relief from my fucking unrelenting shit life. It's like, no, literally, you live in a first world country. You live in, you know, you you have a loving family. You have fucking friends. You have whatever. And you still spend five hours on your phone looking at fucking memes. (laughs) You know? I'm like, yeah, cool. Like, that's, again, like, I, I fucking honestly could not care less what the fuck you do with your life. Could not care less, you know? But at the same time, I'm like, man, that's, I know I wouldn't want to live like that. And I feel a lot of people kind of just go down that path where it's like, you know, it's what everyone does. So it's what I do, you know? And it's like, yeah. you, you, you step back. 
Yeah, it's it's sort of weird as well because like whatever about memes, like memes are hilarious. Like I love looking at a good good meme sometimes. But I mean, some people spend like a significant chunk of their day on YouTube watching other people live. Like to me, that's fucked up because it's like Jesus. Like you're actually watching someone else getting forward. Like you're helping them climb the ladder of life by watching their videos and and helping them out. But you're also spending hours and hours of your day watching other people live their lives for your pleasure and i know it gives people this quick like hit of like motivation but like motivation is just fucking fleeting it doesn't mean anything like you watch these videos and you get motivated to live like that person but you still don't do anything to actually move towards that and i think it's it's a very weird environment that we live in where everyone's obsessed with watching how everyone else lives and almost gets they almost get high on it but never do anything to actually try and move themselves forward. So, like, I mean, stop watching vlogs. And if you want to watch vlogs, like, pick one people, person, one person, like, two people. Like, watch Paddy's and then watch mine. <laughs> and then, like, don't watch <laughs> anyone else. Um, but yeah, it's important. <laughs> like Gary Vaynerchuk always says it. To be fair, he, he's he's been saying it for years. He's like, um, if you if you if you've watched all my videos and you're still watching my videos, you're not getting the point stop watching my videos <laughs> like you the whole point of watching these people to get inspiration or get ideas is to go and live your own fucking life 100 percent, gary you're speaking <laughs> speaking truth that's it man but yeah i just don't understand that to be honest look maybe i'm the weird one you are just in case you are well weird. yeah i am but whatever you know um anyway people now understand deal with christmas you know moderate your intake don't moderate your intake eat at maintenance level calories do whatever the fuck needs to be done so that you can actually enjoy your christmas and not be worried about you know gaining tons and tons of fat or losing all the adaptations for whatever adaptations you've been training towards you know pretty straightforward i think people will get a lot from the podcast today maybe they won't maybe they'll hate it maybe it won't help them at all but yeah as you said there gary uh well, as we both said, uh, we are starting up the vlog game again, which mm-hmm. does seem kind of hypocritical because I know I personally don't really watch vlogs. You know, like I might watch them occasionally. You know, maybe I've been working, writing all day and my brain is just mush and I'm like, and I just need something to kind of relax for fucking 10 minutes or something. I actually watch them in double speed anyway. So it, yeah. it's just five <laughs> minutes. Uh, um so you know m- maybe it is the case that you're doing that or maybe you're like yeah actually i want to learn something like that's all i don't understand people should be using like say youtube and stuff to learn things like you mm-hmm. can literally get like learn to code like again imagine just going like oh yeah i have five hours every single day that i'm on my phone why aren't you learning to like i don't know code why aren't you reading fucking books why aren't you you know doing something that's actually getting you ahead in life in whatever avenue that you're in like i honestly don't understand that like imagine you literally had like five hours per day to just put in to learn to code like people don't even know how computers work you know like it fucks me up like you're shit at computers gary it fucking it, it kind of fucks me up like i'm like people have become consumers rather than creators you know people just consume content they never actually create content and i don't mean like in in terms of products as well like you know people don't like people don't know how to make things anymore you know, like people don't know how to do things with their hands, you know, and that, that's what made us human, which is kind of fucked up. I'm like, we were actually actively devolving, you know? Yeah. Thomas Sowell talked about that knowledge and decisions. I know you've read it as well, but he talks about the idea that 
we think that like our society today is way more complex. Like the world is just way more complex, but it's kind of assumed that we have more knowledge as well. However, like if you think about back like a couple of hundred years ago, like you had to have the knowledge to kind of learn how to go and let's say get your food, like source your food in some way. You'd have the knowledge of like how to fix things and anything that you were using, you probably understood how it worked, you know, like, like early forms of, of technology, like you kind of had to understand how they worked. Whereas now, like if something goes wrong with anything that you're using, you have no idea what to do. You know, like if you're driving around in a car, it's like, you're kind of hoping that that thing continues to work. Like you have the, you have the knowledge to actually drive the car, but you don't know how it works. So it's like the, the knowledge is actually like, it's, it's distributed among a wide variety of people, but as an individual, like you might know one very specific thing, but you don't know much about how, how, how you could actually, like you couldn't live your life without the help of all the other people that are providing the services and the products that you actually use every day, which is very different to the way people used to live their lives in the past. So we shouldn't get too caught up in thinking that we're like these modern elitists and like laughing at the people that lived a hundred years ago, 200 years ago. Cause I actually think, I actually think that that happens a lot. Like I used to be very ignorant of um, history. Like I know you're not petty, you're the total opposite, but I used to personally be that type of fucking millennial that was very ignorant of history and, and not looking back. And I think it's important to actually look back in order to, to kind of understand like where we're going. And that was probably something I learned from you. Dare I say it? <laughs> Look, I know I can't help being awesome, Gary. It's not my fault. But no, I actually <sighs> agree with you. I do think people, like, like again, it, it is one of those things where it's, it's hard to kind of fucking change the way you view things or the way you kind of go about things. Like, where do you even start with this? Like, people can't play instruments anymore. People can't draw. People can't, you know, create things with their hands. But like, how the fuck do you start? You know, like, you should have yeah. started when you were a child. You know, like... Yeah. And what should you start with as well? Yeah. Like what's important? And then people are like, <clears throat> people make their, their hobbies, their jobs then these days, because you don't want to be spending a lot of time wasting your time, like, you know, but then it's like, well, you're actually wasting five hours a day on your phone. So you are already wasting that time. So you might as well pick up a hobby and actually have something that's better in you. Like this again, like even like doing like, I don't know, fucking Sudokus or playing chess or something. Like people don't know how to play chess. Like that fucks my mind. I'm like, this game is fucking like old you know um but you can actually do something in your day-to-day -day life to actually better yourself you know again learn to code learn to use the computer that you're using like actually use it like even like i hate excel but like even like learn to use excel you know like actually learn what to do maybe you know you have a job where you know they're not using these platforms that you're like actually i could create something here that could revolutionize i don't know the insurance industry that i'm in you know just by having a, a good product, you know? And then all of a sudden you're fucking rich because you actually took a step back and we're like, yeah, actually fucking, I'm going to learn to do what needs to be done, you know? Because I think these days, because we are in a kind of more consumer generation, people's automatic thought process is, oh, I'm going to have to pay someone or I'm going to have to buy something to fix this hole in the market you know they're like oh i'm going to have to find a manufacturer or i'm going to have to find some designer or whatever else and it's like and you're wasting five hours a day already so and you know learn the skill you know there you go obviously it's not practical in every case but yeah that's it anyway so um do you have anything else left to say obviously we did mention it there we are back on the vlogging game well you're not back gary you're just fucking lazy i think um <laughs> i need to go delete all my old stupid youtube videos <laughs> yeah if you could do that that'd be great as well like 
<laughs> but anyway, uh, we are back vlogging. We're gonna try to be pretty regular with our content because a lot of people have been asking us, you know, what we are doing. I hate when people, I hate saying that as well. Like a lot of people have been asking us. But anyway, a lot of people have <laughs> been asking us like- Three people messaged us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of people have been asking us like what we're doing, how our training's going, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, how we're dealing with college, all that kind of jazz. So we're back on the vlog game because it's actually easier to disseminate information that way rather than recording the podcast. Like I'm not going to record a podcast and be like, Oh, uh, this is what I did with my life. I also am not going to make my vlog really like chronological in terms of, Oh, I got up and I had a piece of toast and then at 10 AM no. <laughs> I went to class. I'm like, like I already don't like watching YouTube like vlogs so i'm definitely not going to create one that is a shit one you know and <laughs> um, but anyway uh, anything else left to say gary i have a week off of college now it's fucking awesome uh but unfortunately i also have uh exams then after that i have a week off three exams then two exams and then it's christmas time and then we're going to go insane with content Yep, I have a presentation next week, hour-long short course with my group. And I thought I'd mention it because my group have actually all adopted the too easy mindset. And that has been the thought process throughout designing our short course. And I'm telling you, it was way better because of it as well. <laughs> so basically, everyone should just be adopting the too easy mindset. It just makes your life better, man. It's almost too easy. It is. But yeah, I've I have loads of free time after next Tuesday, so I'm gonna be on fire. Good, because you've been shit with your content lately, so just saying. Like, Excuse me, did you see my two fucking articles last week? They were so good, man. Whew. One of them was a free one, actually, wasn't it? Oh yeah, I made part of it into a free article. So if you want to know about magnetic resonance imaging as it relates to the knee, look on our website. That's funny, Gary. You should say that, and we're just talking about a discussion of uh, you know knowing things. Uh, discuss magnetic resonance imaging and how it actually works oh i don't know that, that much about it man i couldn't explain every single bit of it at all For sake like i have i have a rudimentary understanding as it relates also, to the, the magnet also oh okay that's a bit strange um <clears throat> uh wh why don't they call it nuclear magnetic resonance imaging like i should because it would scare people. Right. People are already scared to get MRIs, man. Um, yeah, I always think that's fucked up as well. Like, like as a biochemist, like NMR, like that's what we call that nuclear magnetic yeah. resonance, you know, imaging. But then I'm like, this is the exact same thing they use to look like inside you. But they're like, oh no, Jesus, we couldn't call it nuclear. Like, oh no, 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 no. no. You see it in some hospitals. You see. Um, you see signs that say nuclear medicine, and I'm always like, Jesus, that sounds <laughs> yeah. it's like, but it's like, I'd maybe not put that on the wall. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't, that's why they don't call yeah. it that. Unfortunately, <laughs> I have to know how all that shit works, um, even though I plan on never, ever fucking using it. But look, that's where we're at. Um, anyway, uh, we're going to wrap this up. Do you have anything else to say to define people listening to this? Obviously, you're going to apologize for not having the podcast up for the last four weeks or so. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, we're awfully sorry. I hope you've been entertaining yourself with other helpful I podcasts hope they haven't. on how to live your <laughs> I hope they were literally just crying for four weeks, being like, when are they uploading a new one? <laughs> um, 
But yeah, anyway, that is it, guys. If you did enjoy this, you know, do the whole whatever, like, comment, share, subscribe, share it with your friends, tell your grandmother, whatever the fuck, you know, uh, give us a five-star review. That shit actually does really help get the visibility of the podcast up. And I know we've been fucking mean to you, cruel to you by not having the podcast up for the last while. But yeah, if you could help us out and, you know, greasy salesman pitch, you know, uh, give us that five-star review. It would be pretty legit. Um, anyway, guys, uh, yeah, no, nothing else to say. So I'm not even going to talk to Gary again. That is it, guys. Enjoy your week because we will be back next week um, discussing something else, uh, I'm sure. Um, anyway, guys, peace out. <laughs>